Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. We begin in Sacramento, where Governor Gavin Newsom and state legislative leaders have reached an agreement on a $9.6 billion COVID relief package. KQED's Katie Orr reports. Lawmakers will take action on the deal immediately rather than waiting until the regular budget takes effect in July. The agreement includes nearly $3.7 billion in direct payments for the state's lowest earners. $2 billion will be allocated for small business grants. $400 million in federal aid will go to child care providers. The deal also calls for restoration of previous budget cuts, including those made to the state's university systems. Lawmakers are expected to vote on the package next week. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Winter storms across the Midwest and on the East Coast have not only impacted those regions, but they are also affecting shipments of COVID-19 vaccines, including those bound for California. San Diego County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher. We have received word that several shipments that were scheduled to arrive this week will not be arriving due to weather uh, constraints uh, that are impacting the entire country. Moderna's primary manufacturing facility is in Michigan and Pfizer's is in Massachusetts. Uh, Both of those, along with the routes from there to here, have been impacted uh, by the snow and the weather conditions we're seeing across the country. Other cities and counties across California will likely have the same issues in the coming days. Fletcher says they'll be forced to shut down some local vaccination clinics and reschedule appointments because of the delays. County health officials say that unless they get a significant increase in supply, first-dose appointments will likely be limited over the next week to 10 days. The governor toured a vaccination site Wednesday in the Coachella Valley, home to thousands of farm workers. While the rates of new infections, hospitalizations and deaths continue to drop, Newsom said disparities persist. Congressman Raul Ruiz represents the Coachella Valley. We should no longer act surprised when there are disparities in equity, disparities for those that are highest risk of getting infected and dying, and yet they have the highest risk of not getting the vaccines. The state is now vaccinating people in the phase 1B category, which includes farm workers. Newsom says the real constraint now is vaccine supply. Well, the Sacramento City Unified School District says almost a thousand of its students are connecting with school just two days a week or less. CAP Radio's Pauline Bartoloni has more. The school district calls these students significantly disengaged. Jennifer Kretschmann is an attendance coordinator at the district and says even missing just two days a month can affect their ability to graduate. So a student attending just two days a week, yeah, they will likely not be passing likely not graduate. There's probably other things going on. Kretschmann says African-American and homeless students especially struggle with attendance during the pandemic. UCLA professor Lucrecia Santibania says kids could be missing school for a variety of reasons, technical problems, space limitations, or they need to take care of family. 
She says school districts can help kids with lost learning in a variety of ways, including giving them the option, but not forcing them to repeat a grade. Summer enrichment and remediation opportunities are going to be important. Tutoring has been proven to be highly effective. Now, it has to be done well, right? It has to be very dedicated, maybe small group tutoring or even one-on-one tutoring. Santibania says schools should be reopened as soon as possible when they're safe. For the California Report, I'm Pauline Bartoloni in Sacramento. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Now to a story we first brought you here two weeks ago. Attorney General Javier Becerra and his counterparts in dozens of other states announced a major opioid settlement against the influential consulting firm McKinsey. The deal resolves allegations that the firm helped opioid manufacturers, including Purdue Pharma, boost sales. But lawyers for Native American tribes say they are not part of that agreement, even though their community has been among the hardest hit by opioids. Here in California, there are more than 100 tribes. I spoke with Lloyd Miller earlier. He is one of the attorneys representing the tribes in this sprawling litigation. He calls the exclusion of tribes by states like California a dereliction of duty. For tribes in California, the settlement is absolutely meaningless. The settlement that McKinsey and the states worked out, aside from its other deficiencies, simply doesn't cover the claims of Indian tribes. There are 104 tribes in California. There are 574 tribes in the United States, and none of them are covered by the settlement. In fact, none of them were even consulted about the settlement. Well, why is that? Were you, historic, were you left out? It's been a historic problem with the way tribes have been able to fit into the overall opioid litigation. Uh, Tribes are largely the forgotten governments. It's bad enough what McKinsey and the distributors and the manufacturers and the pharmaceutical companies did to the tribes. They are absolutely the worst hit in the United States, just like the COVID epidemic. Uh, multiples worse than other populations in terms of rate of opioid deaths and abuse. That's bad enough. But on top of that, you have events like the McKinsey settlement, where states have no interest in even beginning to advocate for the interests of the tribes and to be sure that tribes have an equal seat at the table. But states are often what one Supreme Court opinion called the deadliest enemies of the tribes. They're often the the worst enemies of the tribes. So it's disappointing, but not surprising. Miller says tribes will move forward with their own lawsuits against McKinsey on their own, and we are awaiting a response to a request for comment from Attorney General Becerra's office. 
The city of Los Angeles is suing a Nevada company that manufactures ghost gun parts, claiming that it's violating state and federal laws. Ghost guns are homemade or improvised firearms that don't have commercial serial numbers or have had them removed, making them harder to trace. Here's L.A. City Attorney Mike Fewer. Just last year, LAPD has recovered in criminal investigations more than 700 ghost guns containing component parts derived from Polymer 80. 300 of those weapons were recovered in South Los Angeles, where, as I emphasized, we're seeing the spike in gun violence here in L.A. Fewer says the use of ghost guns is a growing problem in Los Angeles. Of the 1,500 ghost guns that ATF entered into its national database in 2019, more than 86 percent were made from Polymer 80 components. The company has not responded to the lawsuit. West Hollywood is the latest addition to a growing list of California cities shutting down major streets to cars. The goal is to help local businesses during the pandemic. The city council there voted this week to close a busy roadway on weekends. It's a temporary move for now, but as KCRW's Benjamin Gottlieb reports, some city leaders have plans to make the move permanent. Pandemic-related restrictions on businesses continue to be lifted all across California as COVID-19 infection rates keep falling. But there are still plenty of limitations when it comes to operating indoors. In some cities, like West Hollywood, some businesses can take over adjacent outdoor space. But many, many, many businesses in West Hollywood don't have that opportunity. John D'Amico sits on the West Hollywood City Council, and he co-sponsored this motion, which will turn about two blocks of a main boulevard in West Hollywood into a car-free zone. The idea is to give struggling local businesses additional outdoor space and create what D'Amico calls a pop-up atmosphere. He also says county officials, including the L.A. Board of Supervisors, should get more creative to help struggling local businesses. They've been sort of uh, MIA as far as we're concerned in West Hollywood with regard to how to safely run businesses, how to be in the business of running a business, especially during a pandemic. Now, West Hollywood is not alone. Other cities have taken advantage of Southern California's weather with some similar ideas. Long Beach, for example, shut down some thoroughfares under its Open Streets program to create shopping bazaars where restaurants and retailers can have more outdoor space to sell their food and their wares. In West Hollywood, the plan is to launch this idea April 15th and let it run for about three months. Afterwards, city leaders in West Hollywood say they're going to get together and decide if it should be expanded. For the California Report, I'm Benjamin Gottlieb in Los Angeles. Will California voters continue to see the coronavirus and the COVID-19 vaccine through a partisan lens? That's according to a new poll by UC Berkeley's Institute on Governmental Studies. KQED's Laura Clivens has the story. Republicans said they are less concerned about getting COVID-19 than Democrats and the overall electorate. Just 27 percent of Republicans reported being very concerned about getting the virus, compared to 68 percent of Democrats. Republicans also said they were less likely to get vaccinated than others. Republican voters reported they're less likely to support measures meant to slow the spread of COVID-19, such as local ordinances requiring face coverings in public spaces and retail stores. The majority of Democrats said they support government-provided financial support so businesses can close during the pandemic, and the majority of Republicans said businesses should be allowed to remain open. For the California Report, I'm Laura Clivens.
A new bill in the California legislature would give victims of online sexual trafficking a new tool to fight back against exploitation. KQED's Katie Orr reports and a warning that some of the content in this story might be disturbing for some listeners. It can be a life-shattering experience. An explicit video or picture of someone uploaded and shared again and again without that person's consent. San Jose Senator Dave Cortezzi says his new bill would give victims the option to sue to force the removal of the content. This includes situations where a victim was under 18, content where a person of any age is coerced, tricked, or forced into performing a sexual act, and uh, photos and videos that are sexual in nature and that are circulated in any way without a person's knowledge or permission. Betsy Butler is executive director of the California Women's Law Center. She says under current laws, it can be next to impossible for victims to get the content removed. We hear stories every day from survivors who have tried every legal option available to them to stop the online circulation of their sexual assault or rape. Still, their photographs continue to circulate while websites rake in profits from monetizing this abuse. Under this bill, offenders would have to pay $100,000 for every two hours the content remains online after it's been ordered to be removed. That amount would be doubled for victims under 18. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Here in the Bay Area, Menlo Park-based Facebook announced this week it will block people in Australia from reading or sharing news content on its platform. From our Silicon Valley desk, KQED's Rachel Myro has more. Facebook users in Australia will not be able to access any news content, and the rest of us will not be able to access Australian news content on Facebook. This comes as the Australian Parliament prepares to debate proposed legislation that would require companies like Facebook and Google to negotiate with every news outlet whose work they feature. That is, to pay them for their content, something they do in other countries where the law requires it. Google did threaten to shut down Google News in Australia, but is already doing media deals there now, similar to those it struck in places like Germany, France, and Brazil. For the California Report, I'm Rachel Myro in Menlo Park. And that is the California Report for this Thursday. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Make sure to check out and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get yours. I'm Lily Jamali. Thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day. Support for the California Report comes from Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. California Healthcare Foundation, ensuring the voices of Californians are heard in California's decisions about health care, on the web at chcf.org voices. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone everywhere. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions. 
online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now.